you know, when growing up, one of the Navajo uh, uh, stories that is often shared with us is, you know, Navajos, when we wake up, we wake up early. And when we wake up early, we run to the east to, to greet the sunrise. And we talk about how we greet creator. We say our prayers uh, to um, keep us in harmony um, and balance in this life. And when I was younger, I would hear that story or from other people, but it didn't make sense to me. I was young. Even when I was in college, I knew that, but it wasn't like a big deal to me because I wasn't a runner. But when I started running, it makes sense. I mean, it's pretty powerful now when I wake up early and I see the sunrise and that's when I stop and acknowledge the land that I'm on. And I acknowledge, you know, uh, who I am and the people around me, my community, and just, you know, saying these prayers. And I think it's just like a whole new, like, you know, it's spiritual for us. And I think that's what's been really neat to see on my journey, how, how I've embraced that and how that runs through us. Women's running, running, running. Running running stories. Stories. Uh, hello, my name is Verna Walker, and um, I am the founder of uh, Native Woman Running. And my clans are uh, that I like to introduce myself in my na- Navajo language is Sheverna Yenashia Twitch Ini Nishle, Ashklishni Bashishin, Kanazani Dashishche, Tohiklini Dashanala. My clans are the bitter water and the mud people, also the tangle people and the water flows together people. I am a mother of four kids, been married for 23 years, and yeah, I am happy to be here uh, to tell more of my story. Yes, in this episode, we are featuring the story of Verna Volker, a runner and the founder of Native Women Running. But before we hear more from Verna, I want to welcome you to Women's Running Stories. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am your host and producer. And this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. Now let's just get into it. Let's get into Verna's story, which focuses on how her running has evolved over time. From her being, you know, not even a non-runner, Her first experiences with running, she actually hated it. But of course that changed to the point of where she is today, defining her running journey confidently on her own terms. And by extension, she is showing others how expansive this sport can be and the deep impact it can have on our lives. But like I said, it was not always that way and far from it. Here to tell the story is Verna Volker. Yeah, I think when when I would think about running, it was often something that you saw that was portrayed on on the media, like on TV or uh, social media, uh, people running, people who are very uh, in good shape (laughs) and who are non-natives, whereas like, you know, that was kind of what I always was something that I saw. And even though running has always been part of our Navajo culture, it just depended on where you lived, I feel like, as a Navajo. And I just didn't really grow up with 
being a runner or runners around me. Um, I had a brother, my brother and a sister who ran, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like ingrained in like our family. And so when I took on running, I, it was a little bit intimidating to me because I compared it to what I saw on media of fast people, uh, white runners who were very thin. And I was one of those who, when I started running, was probably at my heaviest. And I had three young kids. And that's when it kind of, I was embarking on something that was really unknown to me that was a little bit scary, but at the same time, intriguing. I think what was scary was because I had always been an athlete all my life. I was mainly, I played basketball and I remember hating running, the, the aspect of running in like for the warmups or for like, you know, we needed to have that part of our, uh, of training in basketball was to run laps, to uh, sprint across the court. And that was just something I didn't have a love for. And so, but at the same time, I knew that I could could do it because of just how far I went into dedicating myself to playing basketball in high school and working hard. And so it's just kind of kind of like a crazy feeling of both like intimidation, but very intrigued by it. Like I wanted to do this. I wanted to try it. Verna was first motivated to try this sport at a point in her life when she was under a lot of stress. She had just moved from New Mexico to Minnesota, and she'd given birth to her third child just two weeks before the move. To put it very lightly, she had a lot on her plate, and it was having an impact on her health. I had a preschooler, a toddler, and a like newborn. And I was like putting myself last. And I just remember feeling like I could do better. I know I could just take care of myself better, but it was always kind of on the, the you know, back of my mind. But when my sister came in town of March of um, 2009, it was like she, she was the one that I remember running growing up. And she's like, you should start running. So we ran around this little lake. And after that, she really encouraged me to run. And from there, I just started running. I don't know what happened. It just, I started a little bit of like just a couple miles and then just ramping up my mileage. And my whole goal was to little goals of, okay, let me just see if I can run five miles. You know, and it just depended on my sleep deprived (laughs) um, self during that time. And I was just like, I just had to just try every day to get out and do what I I could. And then when I signed up for a race a couple months later in August of 2009, that was when uh, I didn't realize how much I could have trained better, but I did it. And I think that drive just kept coming. And then when I finished that race of August of 2009, that's when I think it really hit me that I could actually run. And I was like a 13.1 half marathon. And that's when it really, I always tell people that's when it the, the running bug hit me. Like I could actually do this. And I really felt 
pretty amazing. Even though at the time I wasn't my skinniest or I wasn't, I was still in the process of, you know, getting healthier and I, but I still, I felt amazing. And um, I remember uh, my, my kids were there and my husband was there and uh, they were cheering me on and they were just like, yay, mommy. And uh, just, I felt shock, excitement, joy, just motivated and um, that I could probably do more. I would say like after that uh, race, I, I eventually lost, I think like 50 pounds and I decided to run my first marathon which is which was in 2011 and like during that time that was when I was like really like motivated you know you just come kind of like a you're on this high of high running you know like you're on this high of running like why well, I could do this and uh, I feel unstoppable and I remember just like running a lot and really paying attention to my my time uh, my pace and that's one of the races. It was my first marathon. And I think it was, I felt like that was going to prove that I can do this. Like, but then it just really changed because it was like, I felt like, okay, you know, when you're going through that, it's just really a lot of pressure on you. I mean that, and I kind of kept up that, but it wasn't really like, I wanted just to show people that, you know, I was a newbie runner to now I could run my first marathon. And then that's when, I, I don't know if it makes sense, but it just kept like, every year I felt like it was changing. Every race, my my journey was changing. And I feel like that's how I evolved to what I am today, where I just am not into like that. Like, I feel like I'm just a more content runner. And during that time, I just felt like in my early part of my journey it was all about time and going faster and then I think it just eventually wore me out <laughs> so yeah after several years of road running and marathoning of working on getting faster and chasing times Verna was ready for a change and so since I had run like uh several marathons people around me or runners that I got to know mainly on social media were uh, running like ultras, like trail races. And oftentimes, you know, it's like 26.2 and like an ultra, like a 50K is what, 31-ish miles. And they're like, you just got to run like five, six more miles and you'll be an ultra runner. <laughs> and so 2018 is when I started thinking about that and started running more trails. And uh that's when I ran my first 50K. And that was, I think, a switch of, I just always was like a road runner and then it switched to trails. And I love that you could run slower and I just love being outdoors. It's, it's interesting because today when I run road races, it's really different because like, how dare do you, how dare you stop? You know, it's like, no one should walk in road races. You know, it's like, not that anyone's telling me that it's just part of the culture. Like you just keep running, you know, 
whereas like trail and ultras it's like you want to you can walk like you can walk you can actually even eat while you're run, you know walking <laughs> so it's just such a it's so different and i i love i love that you could just embrace like that and i embraced it and i really enjoy it it's like you know even though it's part of running trail running and ultra running is very different the it's smaller the community is smaller and i think that's kind of my that was my new phase and i kind of stuck with that and i think that's when my mental shift my strength came in because i realized that maybe i always had mental like strength but i didn't realize it until i started running ultra races that i was like oh my goodness like my body's so tired but i'm still running and i think that's what i've really enjoyed is just changing from switching to like road races to to trail races ultra trail running was a whole new realm of running for verna to explore i think i liked the challenge of it so when i did my first 50k it was really muddy it was a muddy race because it was in april of 2018 and you know minnesota winters can get really long but then we have the everything is it starts to all the snow melts and so <laughs> it turns into mud and i remember basically running in a lot of mud and so after that I thought this this has to be I don't I don't think that was a really good first experience of a 50k but then I started running uh, I tried some more later on in the spring and then the summer and I felt like that was like confident and so I I think I did like 3 50ks and I was like okay let's let's try to push further you know and I think that's when I learned like oh wow I can every race I felt like ultra races just showed me that I could do more than I thought I could and during that time, actually, I met my coach online. My coach, uh, who's just a follower on Instagram, and uh, he's like this big uh, ultra runner and very, I would say, hardcore. And, you know, I was just meeting so much different people on my social media. And he would just like comment of like certain things. Or then one day I asked him for some advice about, you know, like this 50K that I had, I really struggled uphill, you know, what would you suggest? And from then, uh, he just took me under his wing and started training me. And he still trains me today. <laughs> and um, and I think that's really helped with my running is having someone who is very, he, very knowledgeable in ultra running to kind of guide me and to just really say that I could do that, like you could do this. Uh, I think that was when it switched over to like, let's try a 50 miler. Do you consider that? I was like, I never considered it. And, you know, I finished my 50 miler and then I did like a hundred K. And I think it's more of a push from my coach sometimes when I'm like, I don't want to hear that, but uh, it, it's nice to have someone who is confident in, who you are and you as a runner. And that's how coach should be, of course. But I think that really has really helped me, really helped me in that journey. Once Verna had completed her first 100K in 2021, her coach proposed the next most obvious challenge, and that was to tackle a 100 miler. 
Verna had done her 100K at the Havelina Ultra Race. This is a very popular ultra. It takes place every year in Arizona in October, right around Halloween. And it runs on a course that is a loop. The number of loops you do depends on how far you're running because not only is there a 100K at Havelina, there's also a 100 miler. So it seemed like a perfect choice for Verna to do her first 100 miler at that same event. I just thought like, okay, I can, I can do this, you know, let's try it. And so oh, there is a lot of training. Whew, it's a lot of training, like back-to-back runs. And and that was kind of like very time-consuming. But um, I had signed up for the Havelina uh, 100. And the year before that, I did the 100K. And so I figured, hey, this would be perfect. I think I just have to do five, five loops. <laughs> and so... I, I didn't finish. That was like my first DNF because I got uh, extremely like heat exhaustion. It was so hot for me because I'm here in Minnesota and cooler temperatures to us is like 50 degrees where for them it's like still 85, you know? And so the first, when I was able to run it the year before, I felt like I did pretty good um, just trying to stay cool. This time around, it was a really struggle because I have extreme asthma and I feel like every year my asthma just gets harder in temperatures. And so that year it just, I was like, I felt like, why is this so hard? And it's not like I didn't train. I worked very hard on training and I just kept my pace like I was supposed to, but it just seemed like I was working twice as hard. And so when I stopped, when I got to the second, I think the second loop, I stopped at the medic and I just said, yeah, I'm really having a hard time. And they're like, it's because of the heat. And, um, you know, and, and I struggle with that because sometimes I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can push through it. You know, like most runners say, but at the same time I was like, oh, I could really hurt myself. You know, I could get worse. And so that was a decision to, to like, okay, I, I can't, I can't even imagine going like four more times, three more times around this with the breathing that I have. And then my, Fingers were swelling up. I just felt like, oh my goodness. I got to like 30-ish. I think I got to 50K. And I was I was disappointed. I was like, but at the same time, usually when I struggle, I call my husband. <laughs> so, and I call him and I always say, what if I don't finish? And, and you know, he's like, he's always very good about listening. He's like, you know, you just keep doing your best. And you know what, no matter what, we are so proud of you. And I think that's what, like always his words, like, we're still here. We still love you. (laughs) So I'm just like, thank you. And I just felt like it was the right move to do, to, to, to DNF. And, and then when I got to the tent where there's, um, when you can say that you're done, there's all these other people who are really great shape, who are like hardcore and when I looked around, a lot of them were, they were done. And I was like, okay, is it, it's, it can be anybody who can get a DNF. It's just not like a certain type of person, like anyone who, even those who are in shape can be like DNF. So then that made me feel better. And, and so then I thought, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to attempt this. I did what I could. That was a nice goal. Let's move on. Then my coach is like, hmm, you're really still in good shape to consider running another, tried another 100 miler. 
And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. And so and I thought to myself, I need to go somewhere where I can breathe, somewhere where it's flat. So all I did was Google flattest ultra races in the United States. And sure enough, there was a race out in Savannah, Georgia. And they're hosted by the Yeti Trail Runners. And it's called Dark Anchor. And it's in Savannah. And basically, you do like, it's like a three mile ish loop. So you do it like 33 times. And so I was like, that sounds good. And so I read out, I reached out to the race director because it was full. And I was like, Oh, do they have a waiting list? And so then I emailed him and I said, Hey, you know, I tried uh, attempting my first hundred miler in Arizona. I'm just trying to like do it, you know, and I always say I'm the founder of native woman running. I would like to represent my organization there. And immediately, um, the race director's like, you're, you're coming down, you know, you're invited down here. So I got down there with no crew by myself because it was like a three mile loop and there was one aid station. So it wasn't like, you know, you really needed a crew, but at the same time, I was like, I think I needed a crew as I look back. And, and so what I liked about it was the three mile loop. I just kept moving to go round and round and, and I felt like my breathing was pretty well. You know, this is like mid-January. The weather's nice there down in Savannah. And I feel like I did pretty well. But going into the next day, I, you know, there was times where I wish I had a crew because I feel like I wasn't getting the hydration, uh, the food, because usually my crew, the people that crewed me are from Tucson. And so when they crewed me for my 100K, it was like they sat me down, they refilled my bottles. One of them would take care of all my blisters. So I had to learn how to pop my own blisters, which I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, what am I doing? It's like two in the morning and I'm like trying to pop my blisters and and they would force me to eat. You know, they would say, you need to eat. And I really needed that when I thought about it. And I had to do that all by myself. And not that the people around me were not helping because there was people next to me who were giving me food and um, but I remember when I got to the 100K, I decided to take a nap. And I remember crawling into my sleeping bag for 15 minutes and I fell asleep, woke up 15 minutes later and continued. And I kept running and I kept running, but I was getting very tired and I knew time was like slipping away. And I really had to like, uh, that was hard because I was like, I might not finish this race. I might not get to a hundred miles. And Again, I called my husband and he's like, you did, you're you doing amazing. And at this, that time, I physically, my body was shutting down. And that's what 100 milers do to you. I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening to me? And I, I think by the end, I was kind of slouched to my right and I couldn't put myself upright. And I think it was like the lack of potassium. People around me gave me like a, um, they gave me poles to do one more last loop. And that's when I was just like beat and I, and time was up and I couldn't go anymore. And I was like at 94 miles and I'm like, if I just had maybe an hour and a half, I think I've could have done it. And I thought about keep going. I thought about just like leaving my stuff and do it on my own. But I think that was just like, okay, you know what? I put everything I have into this, this race and I I'm done. And that was it. <laughs> so it was just, 
it was bizarre. And I think what my coach, I felt bad because I felt really, I thought, oh no, I'm going to like disappoint my coach. But he was very gracious. And he reminded me, he said, you did amazing, especially without a crew. And you did that on your own without anyone helping you. And that says a lot. And I think that made me feel really good because often people say, how did you do that by yourself? And I have to be careful because sometimes I say, well, I just ran 94 miles and people will like, like, they're not mean about it, but they're like, Verna, you ran 94 miles. You know, that's good. And I'm like, I did. And so I got to like, remember that. And um, I am proud of myself. Um, So I think that was interesting. And what happened to my body was crazy. I, yeah, it, it just really made me see what hundred miler, a hundred miler can do to you, to your body. Like I ended up having like sores created. I don't know. I got sores in my mouth. Um, my fingers were cramping. I was seeing things through the night. <laughs> I was hallucinating. And then I, my body, like when I, at the end, when I was slouching to the right, like I, I was like, why am, what's this happening? What's happening to me? You know, you you see how much it really wrecks your body in ways that I don't feel like people who run 100 milers tell you about it. But I felt like the best, my breathing with my asthma, and I have some like, um, like inflammation on my right knee, like none of that was an issue at this race. And I think it was just being there, um, because a lot of times people with asthma will move down south or areas where they can actually breathe. That was like the best breathing I felt. My knee did not feel like it was had any inflammation. My body felt great during that time. And now, uh, you know, I'm just like, if I want to run any more long distance, I'm going to have to head back to Savannah, you know, because I just felt like that was just it was comfortable. I mean, it wasn't comfortable at the same time. It just made me, I felt good, my body physically. And so I think that's just kind of, I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay with what I did. And um, I just, you know, what can I do? I mean, I can keep trying to achieve that goal, but at the same time, I'm just like, okay, how far can I go far? How far should I go? And how much time do I have? So I have to take all that stuff into consideration because it's a lot of time. It is so much time to train and to travel. And I just have to pick and choose what works for me and what works for my family. I think being a mother really helps me to like take care of myself because I want to be able to have the energy to be with my kids, have the energy to help them to stay healthy. Uh, and I think just my community, I, you know, being a founder of an organization that involves running, I want to make sure that I'm also practicing what I preach and um, that I'm doing what a leader should be doing and that I'm sharing my journey that I'm not a fast runner, I'm not the skinniest runner, but just allowing people and getting them to understand or inspire them by saying that if I can run this, you can too. And I think that really is also a motivation to keep going. And now I've been more, I don't 
some with my coach, sometimes he wants me to do beyond and I enjoy the inspiration and the motivation and the accountability. But sometimes I have to say, I can't do this, which has been really good because he's very understanding because he has kids. And there's times that I've been more uh, just careful on how I plan my races because of just like who I am as a person and, and what I'm carrying. And so I think overall, it's been just a motivation to inspire my community and inspire Native women who might have been, who are maybe older or who started as new runners, who didn't grow up running, uh, that they could just, they could do what I do. Um, and just being able to, to motivate, to motivate those, those around me too. And just to set an example to my kids. Um, I think I have four kids, so two of them are, are getting into running you know, and I reminded my son, he's like, he's a freshman and he started cross country and he's really just got this running bug. And I just reminded him, I said, you know what, running uh, runs through your culture. And he's like, yeah, I know mom. And I said, so go out there and do the best that you can. And it, he's embracing that. And so I, I didn't have someone telling me that because I didn't run when I was younger, but I feel like that's what I need to be doing now as a mother. And yeah, so I think it really does connect um, me to my culture, to my people. And I never realized how it just resonates with a lot of Native runners. And I'm happy uh, that we are, we, we share in that experience and uh, in running. Verna is defining running on her own terms, to be a leader, to represent, to set an example. And she is also discovering the deeper meaning it brings to her own journey. I, I really feel like my journey as a runner really uh, correlates with my healing journey as an individual um, with like childhood trauma and, you know, finally addressing that in the last two years of my life. And I think um you know, losing, like I lost my mother like two years ago and I've lost my father uh, when I was like three and losing like three siblings. It, it correlates in a way where like when I started earlier in my journey, I'd never ever thought that I, that running could, I could be running in honor of my parents or, I mean, at the time, my father, like those things were never like in my mind, but it has switched over where now when I run races, I always put their names of each of my, my, my siblings and my parents' name like on my shoe. And I run in honor of them every race. And so I think it's really motivated me that every like run is dedicated to them. And it's just really like change and I think even if it could, even if it's the slowest race, the hardest race, it's just all in honor of them, and it helps like every step or every race. It's just really like healing, and I think as a native person and the way we look at running, it's like our medicine. It helps us uh, just get through those hard moments and being able to like cry through the runs and being able to like talk to those, you know, you're, you're running out in the middle of the night and you're thinking about them. And I think that really has been my motivation. 
Verna has discovered that this is a motivation that is also shared by many others. It's been really interesting, like with working with Native, especially my own people and how really resonates with them too about running in honor of our loved ones. And I think that really helps a lot of our community. Um, I mean, not that we don't, I mean, we have a lot of good runners who are really good competitors, but some of us here are just trying to, just trying to get through it, you know, trying to get through our healing. And so we're using running in those ways. And I think that's been really neat to hear. And especially Native women sharing that their stories with me makes me realize that what I'm doing is, 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 is good work and I'm happy to do it. And I am very happy that Verna is willing to share her journey here and with many others. Her work not only helps those she is close to in family and community, but also serves to expand the greater running community. And she demonstrates the powerful ways that running can show up in our lives. I want to thank Verna so much for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. And thank you, Verna, for all the work you do with Native women running and just expanding the running community to be a bigger, better, more welcoming space. Please look to the show notes for links to how you can keep up with Verna Volker and with Native women running. And thank you for being here. I love making these episodes, but I know that the power of them lies in you listening and also in you sharing. I would love it if you would share this episode or the podcast as a whole with someone you know would appreciate it. And please know that I do not make this show by myself. All of the original music that you hear is made by Cormac O'Regan, and he does that from his studio here in Cork, Ireland. And that is going to do it for me. I am Cherie Louise Turner, your host and producer, and I am coming to you from my home closet studio, also in Cork, Ireland. And until next week, I do wish you healthy, joyful strides forward. Women's running, running, running. Running stories. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.